All right. Greetings, gentlemen. On the SimCast this week, we have the Ash and Harold Daedalus. Welcome, Daedalus. Hello. And we also have Casino here once again. Both of these gentlemen have been on quite a bit. Casino, welcome. Thank you. So this week's SimCast is it may be somewhat brief compared to the others. It may not be. It just depends on how much we got to say about stuff and things here today. But episode 22, Royale. We're going to discuss some of our thoughts and impressions so far related to Alpha 1 and uh, Phase 1. Some of us have gotten to test. Um, you're going to start to notice a lot more information coming out here in the very near future related to um, a lot of the content that we are able to share. Um, of course, this Alpha 1 Phase 1, uh, some of us are getting into, uh, isn't something that a lot of people are able to test yet. It's mainly been stress testing. Um, we are not allowed to share visual content. We cannot share anything visually. We can share our experiences. And so that's something we are going to talk about today for those of us who have gotten to test some of it and and probably talk a little bit about, you know, maybe what could be improved upon in that regard or or maybe even what we're looking forward to seeing some more of since it's, it's still quite brief testing. Uh, but before I get started today, um, Daedalus and Casino, you both you both did get to go to past Wex, past blah, Pax Wex, blah, blah, the words are hard today. Um, but uh, Pax West, you both went to, and um, what were some of your impressions of getting to meet some other people from the community and some of the devs? Because I know it's much different when you're you know on this side of the screen and you're just talking about a game and community versus you're actually getting to meet some of those people. But uh, uh, Dalos would go with you, maybe. Sure, sure. I mean, I would say I knew from the start, just in kind of watching all of the videos and the live streams that the devs have done, that they were pretty high energy, pretty passionate guys. It is like so much more evident when you're talking to them in person. I know just having a chance to chat with them after the panel and later at the community event, it was just really energizing. I mean, even just the way Jeff and and Matt kind of just their body language when they're talking about the game, their energy level, like even after the, you know, long days that they've had and the travel and everything, they're still like 110% devoted there. And it's every time you talk about something, they expand on it. They like are ready to kind of talk about their process and how they want to change things. They ask for feedback. They, like, you know, it's just, it was just a really, really positive experience to be able to talk to them and know that they're really super open to getting feedback, to supporting not only the community, but content creators as well. Um, I think even at one point, Matt said, oh, you're a content creator? Well, heck, I mean, if you need anything, you let us know. So, I mean, it just, it just felt like they were, you know, building a community, um, you know, I, you know, from day one, and it was even more evident kind of just meeting them in person and talking to them. Yeah, I, I would say that pretty much nails it. I mean, it's pretty much obvious through all of their communications and their live streams and everything that they they enjoy their work. And this is a passion project for them. But it's, it's even more clear upon meeting them that it's not like another dev studio where there might be some guys in the office who are like, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I think this game's kind of dumb, but they pay me really well, and I'm good at this. So you know, it's whatever. <laughs> like I might play. No, every single one of these devs is like clearly very passionate about their job. They're like, I am building the game I've always wanted to play. I can't wait to get back into the office tomorrow and put this other thing in that I've been thinking about doing. Like, it, it seems like there's no. It, it's not like like an EverQuest game where like the Sony execs can walk into the boardroom and be like. Yeah, that feature shut it down. It you know it's been testing poorly amongst our demographics or whatever. You know they, clearly they're just getting to do whatever they want and and they know what works and what doesn't and they know what they like. So nice. Yeah, I'm only like a little jealous I didn't get to go, you guys. But <laughs> I'm living vicariously through you right now with you talking about the experiences. I I am hoping to get out to. I'm gonna try really hard to get out to PAX East and West next year i think um it's been the game plan but it's a little it's a little interesting i am going to be going up uh to california for blizzcon which is really funny because and i've talked about this a lot 
it was really funny because I'm going to BlizzCon. I don't even really care that I'm, I don't even really care that I'm going. My youngest brother got tickets, and you know, it, part of you know he's never been to one though. So to be fair, he's never been to a BlizzCon. He's never gotten that experience. And even even the cool thing is, is even if you aren't a Blizzard fan and you don't care about it, or even where the game's at now, like I don't care about where the game's at now at all. Like, and I don't I don't care about playing it or anything, but. Going to BlizzCon, I did get to go in 2016 for the first time, and you know, it's just it's a really cool environment where you don't you don't have people, you know, you don't you don't have people around you pointing at people and laughing or judging or starting shit or any of that. You just got a lot of people that are passionate about playing video games, coming together and having fun, and that's probably that was actually the first con of any kind I've been to. Oh yeah, they're they're pretty much all like that. I've been to TwitchCon, yeah. I've been to PAX, I've been to uh, Comic Con, I've been to SuperCon, and they're pretty much all like that. It's like a nerd haven. It's like look, we're all nerds here. Nerd so, haven's a great way of putting it. That's if, exactly how yeah. it felt. If you can't handle nerds, you're in the wrong place. Basically. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. And and I do want to say by the way, with BlizzCon, uh, yeah, it's, it'll be a good time. Like there was a year I, I don't I played like StarCraft way back in the day. Right on. But. Uh, Otherwise, I just really don't play a lot of Blizzard games. But there was a year mm -hmm. where Linkin Park was like the, the headlining right. band. Right. I would have gone just for that. I remember that. I watched that one live that year. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be cool because my youngest brother, he's never been anything like that. And it was kind of his way of being like, oh, I want to do something to support your content or whatever. And I was like, okay, well, he got the tickets and it was like a birthday present. And we're just going to be like five of us going out right. there. And the plan is That's actually, awesome. yeah, it's going to be really cool because, like, he'll get to experience for the first time. Our family friend Jeff will get to experience for the first time. There's, like, three out of the five. My younger brother, Shaz, and I, we haven't been, or we've been before once, but then we got, uh, you know, three others that are coming this time that have never been to anything like that. So, and they're, they've been Blizzard fans for a long time, and even though they don't play, it's still something they'll appreciate. But the main thing I'm excited about is going and dropping by Intrepid Studios. So I'm going to go out there a little early and I do plan on dropping by to like, if I'm going to go out that far travel, I'm going to like freaking drop by the studio. So I'm hopefully, hopefully that would be pretty cool. Like go and meet people and actually get to have that face to face contact that you all got to have. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that too. So now casino, I know you haven't gotten to stress test just yet. Um, I know Dayless and I got to stress test and, and I, when I say stress test, I mean it's really stress test. What that usually means is you're sitting at a login, login screen, uh, closing it and opening it and closing it and opening it and <clears throat> two hours, closing it and opening it. And, you know, that's a lot of what you do in stress testing because stuff breaks and it doesn't work. So, um, but like I said, we, we are getting to test it to some degree ahead of others. And um, there was the NDA covering visual content. There are pros and cons some people might weigh out. And I know that some people were upset and, you know, I saw in the discord that they didn't get to do any, get to be in it or get to get included. Um, but quite frankly, you didn't miss out on a ton. However, I'll go so next, you know, just to clarify for people, like, it's not like I'm, I'm just purely speaking on like my, my guesses as to what's going on. I played in almost all of the alpha zero tests. So I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with how intrepid does stress testing and they, they live yeah. up to the title yeah true story man so pros and cons about the fact they have the nda and not being shared i personally really approve of the fact they didn't and the reason that i i approve of that is because shit breaks in a stress test you don't get to see a whole lot you would have had a lot of people streaming things being broken, not loading. I mean, it's not exactly an idea of entertainment. Uh, not a lot of people want to go and watch somebody constantly yeah, opening and closing. Yeah, exactly. Constantly opening and closing a game and not getting to see gameplay when what they've seen before is like this really cool alpha, you know, footage of action combat, you know, they'd be very disappointed. So I think it was really smart on their part. Um, just for the fact that there would have been a lot of things you would have seen that weren't working and it doesn't really, it doesn't really reflect well that to, for people that get on there and have the sheet mentality of, well, this is what it is. So this must be what it is. Game is broken. It sucks. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it definitely wasn't streamable and I think that's the intent. I mean, they're looking mm -hmm. to, you know, test stability and I'd have to say, um, you know, 
people that are kind of bringing up the fact that, you know, I wasn't in, I didn't get to quote unquote play. I mean, I might be pulling out my old gamer card, but I mean, back in the day when, you know, MMOs were kind of getting their, you know, feet wet and launching as a genre, this is how tests were. You kind of went in and things, everything was broken because they were testing stability. They were, you know, testing the capacity of their servers. What happens when people do different things? This is not like those traditional, well, I would say non-traditional alphas that people are used to nowadays, where it's a fully playable game. It's mm-hmm. just maybe got kind of a few things that are need- needing to get worked out. And ultimately, it's just like a marketing ploy, right? For people to kind of get in and say, hey, this is an alpha. Well, no, not really. So, I mean... I would just say for those that didn't get in, streamers, community members, et cetera, wait a couple weeks. They're bringing more people in. They're just trying to come up with a kind of or work through a good plan to incrementally test this. So by the time you actually get it in your hands, it's not a hot mess in terms of stability. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there was so impressions on controls and stuff and, (laughs) <laughs> this might even bring some ideas that we all have about what would be wise design on this regard. Uh, but I've talked the past couple weeks. I mean, uh, you know, at Casino, you've been here during those conversations too. Um, we've talked about, you know, combat design and kind of what we, we our idea is of what's going to work and um, a lot of other ideas. Even immersion really, you know, something we could touch on today is kind of coming back to that conversation of immersion, which is, you know, in the environment, we'll, we'll get to the environment and some of that first or here in a second. But first, I want to talk about like, you know, controls and stuff. They really felt comfortable to me. Um, and this is episodes titled Royale. And you're, you're probably going to notice a trend of content this week talking about how it's Ashes Royale almost. And at first, I wasn't really sure how I felt about it. I only got to get in a couple matches. It wasn't a lot that I got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Same here. You know, it was it was literally for what two hours or so, something like that, of two and a half hours maybe of just really going. Can we get in? And them just hammering these servers, man. The, the and the devs were really communicative, but the the controls, you know, it's really had that traditional, you know, cross. It almost felt like a cross between a traditional MMO in a sense and. Not, not even, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to say it was really more of like a cross between like a shooter and like a BR, like a Battle Royale style game because mm-hmm. you had you had like, you know, your shifts kind of for like sprinting and you had like your crouch control sort of like to go into like stealth mode and, you know, you had your typical movement being the you know WASD and stuff like that. Um I didn't get to experience a lot of range combat. Uh, I did like dodge rolling. That was nice. Uh, I did like the distance closer uh, aspect of it, which I th- felt yeah, like same. Felt like that was going to be pretty powerful. Um, yeah, but uh, what were some of your thoughts about that, Daedalus, or any of that? Any of any of that particular information that you felt like was? And this is coming from a gamer. I mean, I have never laid my hands on any battle royale game whatsoever um ashes was my first experience with that content i mean i thought it overall i mean for what little i did get to play i mean it was fun um i think to your point the controls felt good for the most part obviously that wasn't their primary focus um with what they were doing um it was more about just making sure the the servers were stable it could sustain a certain amount of people in their queue process but I felt like, you know, that will get fine-tuned over time, but nothing that was super terrible um, about it. I mean, it is a test after all. But I thought gen- the general idea was fun. And I think as I thought about it, you know, reflecting on my impressions after the panel, I actually thought it was a really solid idea for them to push this out. Because I talked, had a chance to talk with Steven specifically about this, and I think it might have been Jeff a little bit too. And like, it's something that they already worked on. It was done. They have an ability to test skills, right? Without 
essentially being class agnostic so they can start even just taking a look at what skills do the balancing there they can just get a bunch of people in at once to be able to do some stress testing i mean i think all in all it just ended up being a really smart choice just to get something out there and incentivize people to test asap versus maybe doing something that eventually they're going to throw away Oh man, yeah. So, Casino, what what do you what do you think about about them having there being a testing mode where it's you know kind of got a uh, a battle royale element to it? I mean, in terms of trying to stress test combat, that's it's. I mean, it's obviously like a a, a smart play for two reasons. It's it's the best way to just test server stress and combat. Just literally throw everyone into a pit and let everyone fight it out then you're going to get immediate fantastic combat data. Like the concept behind a battle royale is just cram a ton of people and keep squeezing them closer and closer together until only one remains. It's just constant forced action. Uh, so that's smart from that testing perspective. And then it's it's what's fun right now. Uh, you know, I would imagine that uh, at least some of the players playing that are, are playing, you know, PUBG or Fortnite or some of the other battle royales out there. So it's a quick, easy transition for them. So... I can't I, wait to get in. I, I, you know, I actually, I'm going to be honest. I, I agree with you, uh, both of you, actually. And at starting out when I was sitting there playing, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this, man. Like, I want to play an MMORPG is what I thought. And I and then I, like, had some time to think about it. And I was like, you know what, though? I get it because this is, like, the best way to, to collect that data, especially yeah. when... You know, especially since what they're going for here is trying to create some sort of a system where hypothetically the individual player can uh, create the type of combat design they want to implement into their gameplay. So if I wanted more of a tab target system, then I can make more of a tab target system of, of how I'm playing my game versus if I want it to be a more action combat oriented system, then I actually have the option to do that as well. That's something well, that they recognize that they're really working to to do and that's not an easy task uh see so that i want to touch on because if you yeah. remember uh we discussed what that might be like in yeah previous episodes and yep. i was able to confirm with them it's exactly what i thought which is every class is going to have its own options for within this class do you want to go the tab target route or do you want to go the skill shot route and yep. i really i don't think it's that as tricky of a balancing act as people think it has wow. everything to do with how difficult the skill shots are to land and you just make skill shots you know uh, like what's sort of multiplicatively more effective wow. based on how difficult they are to land so if, if on average people are landing the skill two out of three times then you make it 33 percent more effective than the tab target version and that's how you keep it balanced. And, and those players with insane skill who land all their skill shots will be slightly more effective, but they run the risk of going on someone who is equally skilled at evasion and uh, rendering them less effective. Nice. So that's what they were sharing. Oh, man. Yeah, because I remember we talked about that here. You were on specifically for that episode, too. And it was like we were discussing how that could be very difficult to balance depending on the type of game design that they really were aiming for. And... You mentioned skill shots, and I thought, yeah, if they do something like skill shots, because I think you had mentioned like on MOBA games, and mm -hmm. and we we were talking about how skill shots, if they implement something like that, to where it's that high risk, high reward sort of situation, like you've got to really be on your A game and land it for it to ma make a difference. So that yeah, would make, the, make sense. Exactly, and there's different variations of skill shots. So like a skill shot that you'd expect to be only slightly more effective than a. Uh, a tab target skills like a giant AOE that's like really hard to miss or something that hits everyone in a wide area in front of you. Like, yes, it can be evaded, but you're going to land it most of the time. Whereas like a rogue power shot with a tiny little arrow that has to be just a bullseye on the target, mm -hmm. that's going to be way more effective than a tab target. Just click mm -hmm. and shoot mm -hmm. because it's going to be evaded so many more times, but I don't think it's so tricky. And And the other thing is, people freak out about the balance and what's going to be overpowered. But mm -hmm. another thing that's easy for these games to do is just literally just always move the goalposts. Like, like I said, I come from league of legends and mm -hmm. just every single patch, they literally just look at like what's been winning a lot and what's been losing a lot. If it's been losing a lot, 
give it a little bit of a buff. If it's been winning a lot, give it a little bit of a nerf and let's see how it goes. And they're just ever tweaking it and every between introducing new stuff and new classes and new items and new gear and then just, you know, making this a little bit weaker and this a little bit stronger. Like sometimes making one move a little bit weaker means an, an alternate move that was just behind it is now the new hotness and mm -hmm. a completely new meta gets created behind the fact that one ability is now slightly better as mm -hmm. opposed to slightly worse than the one that was in the first place. So mm -hmm. yeah, just keep, keep the ball moving. Yeah. That's like the end game for developers too. And it comes to combat design too, is that's like, you know, and I recognize that as the, that is the end game for developers, for, for the designers of combat. Cause they're constantly having to, you know, to bump up, to nerf, and they have to constantly boost one ability and nerf another one. And, you know, I think I think that the importance in that is if they can do that with the frequency to where someone's not waiting six months for that, for that to happen, uh, and they're actually, you know, incrementally making those improvements on a, you know, even monthly basis to me would be would 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 be pretty 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 decent. I think. So there's another philosophy behind it, and mm -hmm. I don't know how much they do this on purpose, but I feel like they should, even if they're not, mm -hmm. because it's helpful. If you're just constantly, like every month, making something better and something worse, then everyone eventually gets their time in the spotlight. Like whatever you play, whatever you're passionate about, like sooner or later, there's a month where you're on top and people are coming to you as like, you're, you're the expert bard. I've been warrior this whole time, but that new bard ability seems really strong. Teach me how to play bard. You know, just everyone, everyone sooner or later gets that couple of months where they're, they're riding high and uh, it keeps it fun for everyone. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think the one thing the devs talked about, even this when we were kind of pulled them aside at the party was just that too, is they want people to have so many different choices and how they play their class and play how they want to play. And, and I think, you know, in most games we've seen lately, it's a very small concentration of meta. I think that what the team feels like can do and want to do because of all the kind of the knobs and levers they've got behind the scenes is they want to have, you know, 30 plus meta. And it, that changes on a month on month basis, just like you were saying, Casino. So they want people to try different things and tweak and nice. they don't want two bards or two warriors to be built exactly the same way in in armor choices and weapon progression and skills and augmentations. I mean, they want that variety. And I think nailing that down is going to be a pretty, in my opinion, a pretty successful thing if they can do it. And I have confidence that they can. Now, I, I want to raise an interesting topic, and this might have us veer like a bit off topic from the, the points on the show, mm -hmm. so feel free to just kind of rein it in, but I, I, I found this it. a fascinating talk that I, I was having with Peter at the meetup, uh, and it's, it's interesting. So Peter was saying that they're, I don't want to mischaracterize them, I don't want to say that they're like against, but so the, the idea of like the players that play purely to win like dps meter right. most effective in raid best build you know the people that that are just pure results oriented kind of like corporate mindset you know what's the most effective period let's get you know this one best item for everyone who plays this class in our, our alliance they were trying to steer away from that like they said we don't want dps meters uh you know there's more to it than that we we want you to play with people that you have fun working with and things like that and they they seemed like they particularly the devs i talked to and they weren't big fans of that mentality which like i completely understand i i i talked to plenty and plenty of players who that's that's mm -hmm. not how they enjoy playing the game but it sounded like they they did not want to cater to that crowd and that had me a little bit concerned just because i've never played an mmo where there wasn't <laughs> a at least a mildly like numerous concentration of players with that mindset. Like in every MMO I've ever played, there's always, mm -hmm. even if it's small, a subset mm -hmm. of players that are, you know, trying to play the meta and just whatever the new best class is, that's what mm -hmm. they're going to respect to. And whatever the new mm -hmm. best build is, those are the items they want. Mm -hmm. And that's just how they play. They're just hyper competitive. Mm -hmm. And I think that they, I worry they may not cater as well to the hyper competitive crowd. 
Yeah, that's a pretty good point too. I kind of wonder. Um, I've wondered how they're going to balance that for some time, um, and that that's something that has has led me to contemplate whether you know that whole add-on topic of whether add-ons are allowed in, whether meters are allowed in, um, and then with that, you do have a very large percentage of people who, for many years, have played that way. I mean, because MMORPG genre has been around for a very long time now, and uh, as a genre, that's a very, it's almost a core, I would almost say a core component to to the genre itself to have that that kind of percentage of a community that, that work that way and orient that way. Right. I consider those the hardcore players. I yeah. mean, there, you know, there are hardcore role players and just hardcore community comes first and hardcore, we're a family players, but... I've never, I've never not seen that, but so they did say like, you know, we don't want there to be DPS meters and stuff, but if people are using them anyway, then we'll just make one or give you guys the tools to make one. Cause like, if it's going to happen and we can't stop it, mm -hmm. we're going to support it and make sure it's done, you know, in a way that everyone kind of has the same advantages. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can remember Star Wars, the old Republic back then they didn't, you know, back when that game was out and I was playing it, you could get, you could get a damage meter. I mean. You could, mm -hmm. you know, it would run, and I remember it would actually, I'd have it running over my window. It was, like, not in the game at all. It was actually outside of it, and it would take the data from in the game, and it would run it over, and you'd put it there. It's a little white box I had, and yeah. you could watch it like that. So, I mean, people will find ways to make that happen, and, I mean, I think it's kind of inevitable that, that that's going to be something that probably will make its way into the game one way or the other. They might as well have it implemented. Right, in. and I, I was talking to Peter, and he was saying, like, you know, I've always hated DPS meters, which I get. He was like, that's yeah. not reflective of how you are as a player. Like, right. it doesn't matter what it says on your DPS meter that you did on the training dummy. If in the raid, you know, half the time that you were supposed to avoid something, you got hit by yeah. it or mm -hmm. or you were so focused on doing damage that you, you weren't healing people occasionally when you could have made a big difference and saved someone. Like, there's a lot more to it. And he's absolutely right about that. But it just seemed like in general... And this, this could have been just him. I'm not sure if this reflects the entire dev team, but um, a little bit, I don't want to say even dismissive because it's too harsh. I, like, I don't want to say he didn't care about those players. It was mm -hmm. just like he was like, that's not my cup of tea, so I'm not too worried about that. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, just if, if anyone's out there listening who has any, any degree of influence, uh, I think you have to cater to those hardcore, hyper-competitive players in in some degree uh just because they're they are going to be present and if they don't feel like they're being catered to they will they'll go to a different game and uh, you know maybe their approach is like good let those players go to a different game but i hope not right yeah i mean i i, I kind of have maybe a more balanced view of this i mean while i think it's important to have encounters that are difficult that are competitive that do quote unquote bring out the best in people in terms of skill i think it's important also to cultivate some level of community um and collaboration and i think in talking with jeff more on the crafting side than necessarily the encounter side um though we did touch on that a little bit mm -hmm. i think their focus has been more what can we do to bring people together and i think what yeah what they've seen and maybe that's kind of what peter was getting at what they've seen is some of that competition can shift to the bad side which is more toxicity than yeah. friendly competition and i i agree i mean they're they are going to need to open the net up a little wider if they want to bring in a large target audience but i think at some point steven said you know ashes might not be for everyone I don't know that they're necessarily going to completely dismiss like you're saying casino that, you know, I don't think it's their intention to completely dismiss these types of players that are more competitive. I think they're just going to give them more challenging content to achieve. Um, Cause one of the things uh, I've talked about, and I think uh, Zeke, the Phoenix who was also there and I had talked about too, was they're looking at building content in multiples of eight. So eight, 16, et cetera. So as you get to that 40 man raid, you're probably going to need that level of best of the best, right? Not only in terms of hitting skill shots and DPS, but also in terms of raid awareness. Yeah. Um, so so I, I, I kind of see their point 
is they want to keep the toxicity as much as they can out of it. And in some cases, especially kind of what I've seen in, say, World of Warcraft, right? That's where I've had most of my experience in MMO. That tends to be where people first go in terms of toxicity. Well, your DPS sucks. That's why we didn't kill this boss, for example, right? Oh, I totally get it. And and I, I want to clarify, too, I, I did not get the vibe that they have no, like, that they, they're dismissing hardcore competitive players or that they don't plan to cater to them at all. My my concern was that they wouldn't cater to them enough. Like they they mm. clearly weren't saying like, no, this is not your game. Go play something else if you want to play like that. And you're absolutely right that they it was very clear that they were saying like the big issue is toxicity. My whole thing is that I, as far as I know, I don't think I've ever seen a system that adequately like solved toxicity. Like no matter mm. what you do, there That's will. True. There will be those alliances where they're going to find a way to grade you. They're only going to want you in if you've proven you're the best of the best. If they think that you're, you know, only in the top 5% that they're going to boot you in search of someone perceived more effective. And, you know, just those, those people have just always been there. I don't, Mm -hmm. like you can, you can chat mute people and stuff, but like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know if you guys have any ideas for uh, you know, I think that I, I agree with both of you. I think it's definitely I, I can appreciate what they're doing and and trying to ensure that they because this community, I think, is vitally important. I feel like that's a, such a strong component to what's been missing to the genre for a while. It's just like it's like an it's almost like people are isolating into their little their groups or even by themselves and not even entirely playing a game with others, which is you know, not how the genre really started. It started as a, not so much like a single player approach. It was like, you got in here and you relied on your community members. You relied on random people you came across in the world and, and everything. And over time I can, I can, I can recognize that they are recognizing that the, the toxicity is there and that's, you know, with the elitist sort of mentality and, you know, those top end players, but it's not every top end player. And, it still mm-hmm. is important to try and find that balance between, you know, I think I talked about this with, with Deltia last week. We, we discussed how, um, you know, there is this, like in, in the Elder Scrolls Online, for example, you have this huge gap between the super casual and the super hardcore. And you got like the super casual that's running around the world, can't even beat like a stinking a mob that's like soloable because, you know, they, they're not used to playing the MMORPG genre, a lot of them, I think. And then you have the ones that are super min maxers, numbers guys, rely on meters, freaking hardcore, top end raider people. They go in there and they just obliterate these guys in PvP or mm-hmm. just obliterate content. And so yeah, you're gonna have you're gonna have people that are toxic, but you're gonna have people that are toxic and gonna troll even in the casual player base. So really it's a, a matter of you know being able to incentivize community while still having a sense of competitiveness where people are incentivized to actually focus on that, whether it be or without, you know, meters and stuff like that. You still want those, that, that like group of players that do bring a lot to the table as far as the MMORPG is concerned um, to have a place in the game too, if they so choose, even if your system isn't designed the way we're used to in every game, as long as there's the ability for those people to excel and feel comfortable in the way the game is made as well, I think. But yeah, my, yeah. my number one goal in the game is to be a dragon rider. And uh, <laughs> the, the easily the most reliable way of making that happen is to hold a castle, mm-hmm. which is like just a permanent PVP zone. So you just mm-hmm. have to have a PVP alliance. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm hearing this and, and I totally get what they're saying. Like it's, it's obvious. They obviously care very much about community and they're, they're like, look, we just want you to play with people that you enjoy playing with. Like that's more important. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, it is, mm-hmm. but no offense, uh, not everyone is super good. Some people, right. I really, really enjoy their company. I love talking to them. <laughs> Would not want them standing next to me <laughs> on the battlefield if it determines whether or not we hold my castle. Yeah, true. Uh, I, yeah. You know. Agreed. So, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. I'm interested to see what they do. You know, I'm really interested to see what they do, too, because I'm... They've... We've been in the dark so many times before as we've been along this journey. 
and we're going to continue to be in the dark for a while until this is all comes to fruition, so to speak. Uh, but so far I've been let down, you know, too much. I've had my, right. my concerns with things. I still have some concerns about some things and I've still had some reservations and am a little, little hesitant about some of the way things are going in some regards, but that is a, min- a very minority to the rest of the majority in my mind of what I'm excited about and where they've really, you know, really assured me that things are on track and going to good places. So, um, but let's, let's, let's transition a bit away from that. So in, in, in the game, we've, we've had an opportunity to, you know, see a lot of these alpha one environment videos that they posted and we've gotten Mm -hmm. to see, um, you know, the gameplay footage and stuff like that. Um, definitely I've got to say, in playing it, uh, it felt very familiar to what we've seen. Uh, one thing I was, you know, in Casino, we talked about this in one of the more pre- one of the most recent episodes about the immersion. Um, <clears throat> and I will tell you, man, out of the one or two times I got to load in, I definitely had a sense of, holy shit, look at all this. Before you drop in and you get started, and granted, I only got to do that a couple times. Um, one of which, by the way, how do you let how do you let Phoenix die to gravity? Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that happen in the game too. It was like somebody died due to gravity. I'm like, oh snap! <laughs> but I, I would have to agree with you. The environment was like, I mean, even just the experience from Alpha Zero to current yeah. was night and day in terms of environment, in terms of optimization, right? They still got a ways to go. <laughs> Again, this is Alpha, but at the end of the day, they're really taking a lot of care in crafting and curating the environment, and you, it shows in the game quite a bit. Yeah, and the map, man. Uh, you know, I saw some landmarks that we've seen in some of these videos. Mm-hmm. Um, the there was definitely a sense of grandness, and uh, just just seeing how much space there was Welcome that to wasn't the even going to be explored probably in this mode. I was like, "Holy crap, dude!" I mean, I just kept running around the map. I mean, I wasn't even looking for people i was just like oh let me check this out let me check that out and then all of a sudden somebody was behind me and then i'm dead i'm like okay well that was fun anyway just being able to see the environment (laughs) yeah it was um i will i will say that while i was uh while i was running around i was like you know the, the fact that they have it set up as a br setting to where it's like looting some chests looting other people's corpses um being able to equip that sort of thing um, some of that equipment even seeming like maybe it had a uh, ability to itself was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you guys' ideas about, you know, not just weapons, but maybe armor even having, a, you know, an ability, so to speak, or a, a, a more dedicated function that we're probably used to in, in games like this? I mean, I thought it was interesting. Again, I think it was ways for them to maybe test some of those core abilities that you might see when the classes actually kind of get, you know, put into what alpha was it alpha two, um, you know, alpha one phase two as mm-hmm. well. I mean, I just think they were just doing some basic core ability testing. I think this mode, if I remember correctly from the post the panel discussion is they do want to make this mode available in the live game, mm-hmm. but I don't know that the style in terms of like what they're doing with the armor, etc. I mean, I might be wrong, right? I don't think they're planning on kind of putting items in the core game with abilities like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be interesting. Um, but I, again, I did like the style of it being someone that's brand new to battle Royale. haven't really mm-hmm. jumped on that train. Um, I thought it was just really cool to be able to mess with different abilities. And I did I did get to try the Blink Boots, which that made my night. So uh-huh. nothing else could have worked out, but I got to try the Blink Boots, so I was good. So my guess is that you're about half right. Uh, I I imagine that what gear you have equipped will not determine like your spec. Uh, uh-huh. I, I didn't 
play the stress test, but I imagine you, you couldn't just like open a skill tab window and train different abilities. Right? Correct. Right. Yeah, correct. So, right. So they needed a way to, to kind of shortcut that system. So they mm -hmm. just attached it to the items. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure it won't work that way live. However, I have played MMOs before where there are abilities attached to items. Now it's not like, you know, if you want this ability, instead of going through your class, you get this item instead or anything like that. But, you know, it would just be a, like a little thing like, you know, if you're wearing this cloak, you get a little sprint ability that comes with it. Things mm -hmm. that kind of make sense. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if occasional rare, you know, really good items come with like tiny little abilities attached to them. But yeah, I'm sure it won't be the main system. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be a perk like for a legendary or something that's a little maybe tougher to get. I don't know. I mean, right. I, I think it would be cool to have that. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it a lot. But again, my exposure has been more on the kind of wow a little bit of eso kind of a little bit of kind of some of the other mmos out there and um yeah but it would be interesting to kind of see something like that for those more epic items you know i'm a. I, I think that they probably were trying to test out like the idea of some itemization and how that has a function in the game too but um you know i also have to have to state I had a, a curious, I, I was contemplating if I was, you know, seeing corruption too, in some capacity. Um, I saw, I saw something that seemed like it was corruption, but I can't, I can't talk about that. I don't want to talk about that too much just because I have no idea. It could have just been some glitch, but I wish I could share it with everybody, but I can't because I can't show that stuff, but. What a tease. Well, I know, I know, right. And, and I've, <laughs> and I've wondered for a while if, uh, corruption was going to have a place in combat and not just in this like battle royale element to it or whatever but you know if it was gonna because we know that corruption is gonna play a factor in in player corruption because of ganking etc stuff like that pking um outside of the normal uh, realm of how combat or play pvp is supposed to happen um but yeah there were definitely some elements in there that ooh, you guys should get ready to look and see what i'm talking about if it's real i don't know but i was wondering if that was gonna be a part of that whole br mode and and how that was gonna impact it all but there was definitely a sense of grandness i mean i was running around things that were freaking massive man i was like holy big ass statue right next to me ruined sort of thing and i'm like wow like i just wanted to like run out about a hundred feet or so or hell, meters probably, just so I could flip around and take a look at this thing, having stood you, by it. Were you looking up at the statues when someone shot you? No. Well, okay, I might have died once like that. It was, it was, it was relatively close to the time I had just got done staring at it. Yeah, it was actually. Those are the players I'm prowling for. Who's checking out the environment? It won't. It won't happen. It won't happen in the long term. But you know, I was like, my first step in there, I wanted to look at it all. There was definitely a sense of grandness to the environment. It was nice because that's for me. That's something really important to me. Uh, you know, there, there's been a lot of talk too on the their their business site. You know, where the the intrepid site where they're looking for here's like what we were looking for for our team and everything. There's been, you know, this is information that's known. They've talked about the MMORPG and that there's going to be games in the Ashes of Creation universe. Mm -hmm. And I think MOBA has been mentioned and it's been seen on their site before. And, you know, part of what I also recognized was I was like, I feel like this is kind of like testing for two systems. Like they're, they're testing this for the action combat, which is probably also going to, play a vital role, I think, in this potential MOBA game that they might be having out. Well, so this, if I'm not, I forget which one it is. I want to say it was, I, I think it was PUBG, but it, it's not uncommon. Like, this has happened with Dota, but so a lot of games uh, do this now where they make essentially modules and uh, they let people test different things because if one just gets super popular, they can still make the game they envisioned, but they can just throw a lot of resources into one that's super popular and let it just blow up like it's it's literally like becoming common practice and development is like make a MOBA make a battle royale make a first person shooter version make an adventure you know single player campaign version mm -hmm. just kind of make all the things and it, being an MMO you eventually want to unify all these things but if one of those just 
gets some legs under it and takes off. And before you know it, you have a million people trying to log in and play it. Then, you know, then they, they switch gears a little bit and go, we got a hit. Yeah. Fortnite Battle yeah. Royale. I, I think it's completely smart for them to keep their options open with this IP. I mean, I know early on, I remember Steven mentioning something about a single player experience. Um, I think they even hinted at potentially doing some sort of tabletop experience, mm-hmm. right? Obviously, this entire game came out of Steven's campaign in D&D, right? Mm-hmm. So so I, I think it's just super smart for them to test this mm-hmm. and, you know, have these all these different things going that all ultimately contribute to their vision of Ashes of Creation, the MMO, mm-hmm. but now they have other revenue streams um, uh, I like that it they too. can bring in. Mm-hmm. I totally and, and you're you're gonna have players who like yeah. I don't really care for MMOs, but I love battle royales, and this is an awesome fantasy battle royale. Yeah. So I don't I don't give a crap about guilds and cities, but you know I'm here to mess some people up. Winner winner chicken dinner. Yeah, right. Right. This, you know I I think that's smart what they're doing too because I'll be honest, man, like. Uh, the one studio that in the past I've dedicated the most of my time to has been Blizzard. I've dedicated a lot of time to World of Warcraft. And when you've got that and you've got Diablo and you've got Starcraft and you've got Overwatch and you've got freaking Hearthstone and all that, I mean, it makes it really easy to just have this launcher where you've got all your favorite games and I I'll be honest, like I'm a I could be a fiercely dedicated gamer when it comes to picking picking a franchise or picking a story. The thing about World of Warcraft and that whole like Warcraft, World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, all that is I love the story. And if you take that story and you can take my favorite heroes and you can make it into a mobile like Heroes of the Storm that Blizzard did, I'm gonna play it. And if if I if I love that that story already, like I'm gonna love to go and play in this alternate, you know, reality of like you throw them into the nexus and we're all battling it out with our favorite heroes and characters of lore. Like I'm going to do that, especially if I love the, the, the core game to begin with. Like, so I would love it if, you know, they had multiple games and I could be like, hell yeah, man, I love it for this. I love playing this game, you know, 90% of the time. And when I went and mix it up, I can play their other game where I'm doing this with my favorite story and universe or whatever. I love it. And and there's clever ways to, to make it tie in too, by the way. So Eve did this uh, fairly well. Eve, as you know, it's like an MMO, you're you're in a ship flying around, you know, right. doing various things. And then they came out with an FPS. I, I want to say it was called like Dust, like five something, something, some numbers. Um, but it was a completely different game. It was literally like a, a team match, first person shooter thing kind of like like star wars battlefront 2 and uh so they they were like separate games but related because like what was happening in the skirmishes on the planets but in the first person shooter determined things for the server uh i don't remember exactly what but it but it was impacted what you were doing in eve you would literally like communicate with your fps guys like hey can you guys win that match and capture this planet so that we can do this and and so even though they were like separate games, they had consequences for one another. I like that. That, really sounds cool. a, that sounds like a really awesome idea. I, mean, I like that idea, dude. Yeah, really do like that idea. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm rolling the dice on this game anyway. Like I've, I've kickstarted it. I've freaking, I've got dug in as a content creator. I'm, I mean, I'm like all in at this point, like as far as an MMORPG especially goes, like I like my my single player games. Like I I you know like the Elder Scrolls series. I've loved it forever. I loved Warcraft. I loved um, you know Resident Evil. I mean I've got my you know Prince of Persia. Freaking Zelda of course is my prime baby. Like I can I love like a lot of these games over his my overtime. I'll always love these other games. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but when it comes to like me digging in and really immersing myself, like MMORPGs are my are my thing and. Mm-hmm. And to tell the truth, like I've rolled the dice. Like, if this MMORPG doesn't make it, like I'm kind of done with the genre. I know that's not everybody, but I no, am. no, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to be overly dramatic, but I think Ashes might be my last great hope. Uh, yeah, All right. But, but I, but I have the hope. 
So, yeah. and you're not yeah. the only one. I mean, Don't I think let we us all down. do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like Deltia last week, he said the same thing. Like, this is it, man. For some of us, we're just we really would love to have this again. We're really hoping it happens here. And if it, if it doesn't, ah, look, man, I got other games I can play. I got things I can do in my life. But but I'm putting all my, like you said, all my hope in, in this. And, you know, it's going to be fine by me if it takes you a little longer to make sure it's done right. Because for me, this isn't a, you know, a, let me get my foot in here and, you know, get well, as much as I can out of this game when it launches. Like, this is for me, <laughs> this is a long-term plan. Like, I, I want to do this. Like, I want to really enjoy this. There's there's one main philosophy I think is going to dictate whether we see success or failure. And uh, because their their communication is excellent. They are clearly very tapped into the player base. They they talk. They're very transparent. They They work at a very quick pace. So in terms of delivering what people want, uh, you know, I think I think they're going to have a good handle on what people want. What yeah. I really think is going to determine the success or the failure is going to be how much they listen to the masses, and that's just because no matter what community, any game, if you listen to, and I know this sounds terrible, but if you listen to the majority of the player base, you always drive it into the ground because people don't know what they want. Right. You know, as soon as you you nerf a class that was clearly overpowered, there's going to be that giant backlash. For example, people like. Oh, you've broken the game. You've ruined everything. <laughs> I hate this now. And uh, and you know, a week later, they're they're already playing the new class. They're over it. Yeah. And uh, overall, it was healthy for the game. Right. It, but but there are some dev teams who like as soon as the outrage starts, like, oh god, what have we done? Put it back. Fix it. Fix it. And they, you know, it. it I I really respect Riot Games who make League of Legends. They they do what they do. They listen to like the top five to 10% of the player base on, on balance things. They've literally said like we balance around the top five to 8%. And, and that's what we do. And the people in the lower tiers have no idea. This character's broken. This character's terrible. And they're way off. It's because they're not playing them correctly. They don't land their skill shots, whatever it is. Um, <laughs> they are good. <laughs> and, but Riot Games has the, the stones to be like, you know, they, they don't just say like, we don't care what you think. But it's, you know, it's very clear. They're like, you know, we'll, we'll review this feedback. But then when they get in the room, they're like, they don't know anything. Yeah. I imagine that those are the discussions behind closed doors is, uh, you know, don't listen to the scrubs. So yeah. as long as you don't listen to necessarily the vocal majority, because the, the emotional response mob is not necessarily the best indicator of... Uh, of what the actual best healthiest decision is for the game, then uh, I think I think they'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, I think that Stephen has a vision. I mean, every time I speak, you know, about the game, that is clear to me that he's got a vision of what he wants, and it may not be for everyone. Um, and I I think they do listen. Um, and I don't think they're very reactionary unless there's something that they clearly agree with the feedback. It's, you know, got the right amount of fact behind it to essentially make a good argument. So I, I, don't, I don't see them necessarily falling into that trap. I know that is a risk. Um, but just from my own perspective on Ashes of Creation, this is pretty much no i will say definitively it's the only mmo i've been this all in into since i started gaming you know way back when right Same. my first yeah. my first experience in diablo to current right that m amount of years i have never been as all in into a game and i've content created before for city of heroes even for that i hopeful stargate mmo that never happened uh, uh. So I mean I've I've definitely done this before, but not to this level. And I'm really like just like you guys have said, this is my last hope for a really good MMO that I can dig my teeth into and invest, you know, decades into. Yeah, but they, they have no limits. They're yeah. they're not answering to corporate overlords. Exactly. They they are the funding, they are the ideas, and and they have the experience. They are gonna they're gonna deliver what they wanna deliver. So you know what? Yeah. You know, and I think too, ta you know, tagging on what Daedalus said there, I, I think one good example of of and and so far they've done good with this, 
And one example of where they listened and it was a sound decision. Um, it's kind of like what you're doing. I think they took that input. They went back and they sat down, like you were saying, Casino, and they were like, okay, where's does this hold validity? Is this like, you know, let's take a look at this thing that people are saying. I, we don't like what that looks like. And for people that were saying that, a lot of that was, you know, I'm sure tester driven in Alpha Zero, but I think also a lot of people had feedback and criticisms of it when they just saw it in videos. And so, you know, it was the combo bar. Not people didn't like uh, the yeah. combo bar and there was a lot of criticism of it. And I'm sure, you know, through testing, people said certain things or whatever, whether it was in-house or whatever. But I think they took that and they looked at it and they were like, yeah, okay, so maybe this really isn't. And so I'm going to roll back to what Casino said too. It's like, who are you listening to? I think if they can do, if they can balance listening to that casual base and giving them, giving them certain things that are going to, be enticing but at the same time when it comes to the big decisions making sure that you are basing that on yourself and your studio team making the decisions you've been making so far that have clearly been been good choices and then taking it and listening to people like i'm just gonna say us people that are experienced people that you know not just not just because we create content but people that are experienced that know what they're talking about that are able to evidence some level of objectivity and then taking that level of objectivity with their own personal subjective experience and being able to give the feedback that is valuable saying from my experience as a player in game, this is where I, this is what I feel like. And then as someone who's trying to sit back and say, well, here are some of my problems and are they, do they really hold any kind of weight outside of me just being salty because I got stomped or something like, right. is it genuinely yeah. a problem? Does it definitely feel like it's game design or something like that? That's an issue. If yeah, they can listen can, to those people. Yeah, if you can be objective, if you've ever called for your own class or your own item to be nerfed as opposed to just yeah. immediately complaining anytime something you're using or own mm -hmm. is affected in any way. Uh, yeah, I've done that. <laughs> I've done that. I've been like, I've played it and they just had an update to a game or something. Okay, Paladins and WoW, I'll own it. Look, they've been jacked up so many years. <laughs> <laughs> they get they get screwed so bad, but even I'm the guy running around when holy shock is holy fuck, and you're running into battlegrounds and shit, and and you're going bam! I just popped that guy with one holy shock. I'm like sitting there streaming it, going, they ought to probably like bring that down a little bit. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I'm like, I shouldn't be able to do that to this guy. Like, come on. So, you yeah, know, Sim and I have been playing Paladin <laughs> since before they were cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. When they were. Yeah. When they back when they were they were actually fun to play before they became the thing. But, you know, that's like I'm not going to lie. Like I, Paladins, I want Paladins to be great again. Not just <laughs> not just because I love the. I love that that class and in general and the theme behind it. I mean, that's my thing. The realm of the Lightbringer, the right, Light's Righteous Crusader. That's like my thing. I freaking love it. I don't care. I'll smite the demons, the baddies, whatever. But balancing it so that like I feel effective and it's fun to play, and not just because I can roll someone over with the holy shock to the face and holy shit, you're dead. Like, yeah, balance. And and I like what they did with the my.com thing. They they saw people were upset. They addressed it almost immediately. They touched on every single complaint I saw anyone mention, but they weren't they, they didn't cave to the pressure. They're like, yes. please trust us that we know what we're doing. And if uh like we're aware of this, we'll be watching yeah. very closely. If it even starts to go this way, we'll be all over it. Yeah. But we made this decision, we're sticking to it. But mm -hmm. uh but we we promise we're taking it uh with you know the utmost seriousness. You know what? the lazy peon did a freaking awesome video on that. And I was hats off to you, dude, because he did a great job with that. And he, he, he went and said, look, here's the types of contracts people have, you know, it was a real good, like, if you're freaking worried about this, you need to watch this. And you also need to think they, they haven't really burned us. They haven't let us down so far. Like he's made really good business decisions. We do not have an evidence, any evidence to go. You've screwed up before. You're gonna screw up again. Right. Like he's he's until you've got a, you've got evidence by the studio screwing it up. Like give him some trust, man. I know it's not easy, but give it give it some time. Right. And but that's what we said on the other podcast. Exactly. Like, hey, you know, I've mm -hmm. stood by every decision they've made. Yep. So uh, I, you know, I have to assume they know what they're doing so far. So, in talking about Royales, we're coming into a close here. I got to give my hats off to the devs who, if I'm going to share anything about that, they, I've got to say, 
for a small studio, and I, one of the things I like is when you're able to work with the development team. Like, this is something I appreciate as being partnered with a game or as an official content creator with the game. <laughs> is do I have some kind of a direct line as a tester or as a creator to give feedback? And one thing I gotta say is during this this past test, like, good, like hats off to you guys at the studio. You guys were super communicative, super uh, involved in the whole process, and very, very good at giving us direction. And I just want to say I appreciate that as a tester. It allows us to do what we need to do so that you can collect the information you need to collect. And that was very synergetic. I thought it was very very well synergized between testers and developers. So, like, hats off to you guys. Freaking awesome. And I hope that's the way that it continues to go. And on that, to be a, that note, next week I believe we have a test and probably the week after that. Next couple weeks I think we'll probably have more testing, probably leading up to them pulling the NDA and letting it become a streamable thing as we actually are fully into alpha one. Um, what are some of your all thoughts moving forward as far as alpha one goes? What are you looking forward to in alpha one most? Um, I just think just getting everything kind of situated in terms of the stability. I mean, the, the team moved pretty fast in terms of doing what they needed to do for alpha zero. So I'm not expecting anything different. I mean, these guys have, spent a lot of time building the groundwork and they're continuing to kind of move that at that pace. Um, so I'm just looking forward to kind of getting in and really just testing the crap out of this mode and giving them as much data as possible. And, and I, I encourage people as you get into this, realize that it is a true alpha. Things are going to be broken. You know, you're gonna not have an experience like this is a final game enjoy that experience because it's going to provide data to the team and ultimately make this game better when it does hit a live server. Yep. And, and actually uh, to echo that, uh, that's another instance where they give me hope that they're not necessarily listening to mm -hmm. what the average ed person's advice would be. Uh, yes. The reason most games do not share their alpha footage is because it looks broken. It mm -hmm. looks buggy. It looks unpolished. And that's the first thing people see and, People check out the game for the first time and they see the footage of, you know, broken buggy and they go, ah, that game looks terrible. I'm going to go back to World of Warcraft's fifth expansion or whatever it is. You know, it doesn't look as good. And, uh, but they're, they have the, pardon the expression, they have the stones to be like, we want people to see how the progression is going every step of the way. We, we told people this is alpha. That's what you can expect. But, uh, we don't want to not share with you because we're afraid of what people will think it's it's a work in progress please uh treat it as such but they're trusting the viewers to do that yeah. i like it yeah i agree i've said this before i'll say it again if you're in testing and something's broken don't just bitch about it report right. report that problem give them the steps to recreate the problem show them what they need to see screenshot it send it to them whatever you got to do don't just go, F this, this game's crap. Like, look, it's an alpha. It's going to be broken. If you don't like it that something's broken, report it, or you only have yourself to blame for the problem or being there. Or don't play during testing. Yeah, or don't play during testing. If you don't like something, you gotta you got to voice your concerns about it and give them the data they need so they can work to resolve that. And with that being said, gentlemen, it's been fantastic. And... As we close, we'll go down the list. We'll go to uh, Data List and then Casino here. Um, all of their stuff and things will be down in the description. Gentlemen, do you want to let everybody know where you reign? Where is your domain if people can find you at? Sure. I'm, uh, this is Data List. I'm a content creator on YouTube. Um, you can just find me using the YouTube search at The Ashen Herald. Um, you can also find all my social media details on my website, ashenherald.com, um, or on Twitter at, at The Ashen Herald. Nice. And uh, I am uh, Casino, and I stream every single day right now at 1 p.m. Pacific time. And that's at twitch.tv slash casino, which is K-H-A-S-I-N-O. And uh, I will be streaming Ashes of Creation every single time I have the opportunity to do so. And uh, when we get to the point where I can stream that every single day, I will. And I also do have youtube.com slash casino. I've got some Ashes content up there already. I'm not sure how much... Uh, Ashes YouTube content I'll be doing, but I will definitely be streaming it every day. And mm -hmm. if the demand for the videos is there, then I'll put them up. There you go, man. And like both of the gentlemen here today, we're all official content creators. So 
perks to coming and hanging out on our stuff and things is there are a lot of added perks such as in-game cosmetics exclusive to content creators channels um just beta keys additional keys that we can give out all all kinds of cool immersive moments that you can have just by being around our channels that you're quite frankly not going to get anywhere else yeah i just did that oh, oh no so. problem so that just one quick thing from pax that they threw out the mm -hmm. devs might randomly just show up to your live stream channel nice so yeah, you've got all kinds of cool perks by hanging out with content creators that are in the Ashes of Creation program. So yeah. Um, and aside from that, I'm Seymour. I've been your host. Until next week, I will catch you on stream. Have a great week, everybody. Thanks for having me on your Casino Royale episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Welcome, guys. Thanks.